Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. He said something that was really cool, that the ability to slow the game down. Mm. looked like everything was in slow motion. And believe me, late, especially, you know, I'd watch you guys because... I, even though I was a Mariner, I loved watching that Yankee-Boston rival. I, That's I thought right. it was cool. I think all of us did, you know, that were playing at that time. Mm-hmm. But you had that ability, and I, I used to watch it. And I said, Big Poppy, look how, you know, I'd be talking to other players, especially left-handed hitters, young players. I said, see how he almost slows the game down? I think the greatest I've ever seen at slowing the game down was Bonds in, in the early 2000s. I, I, we, I watched Barry Bonds, and, you know, I get I talk about him Who's all the time. Elite? <laughs> is it what now tell all right this is david ortiz tell tell the people out there and people don't understand when they debate about great hitters and great players i said let me tell you this there's a lot of great player i played with and against a lot of great players i said but barry bonds I know he, was, he was playing softball and the rest of us were playing big league <laughs> baseball tell tell the tell the people listening to the boot cup podcast how good he was listen when you talk about barry bone you're talking about something that I don't think in our lifetime we're going to see again. I don't see – there's not one player in the game that I can tell you, hmm, that guy can be like Barry Bone. And let me tell you, not, not during our time and not during this time, I don't see anyone being like Barry Bone. Because Barry Bones, what people don't realize about Barry, he was very unique. And let me tell you, you you thinking about a guy like Ken Griffey Jr., who was, I would say, I would say Griffey, I would say Jr., and I'm talking about offensively. Right. Because defensively, Jr. wasn't another level. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But we also know that Jr. wasn't another level offensively. But once you hit Barry Bones on that category, <laughs> Barry Bones was the type of guy that if you give him something to hit on the plate, it wasn't going to be a hit. It's a homer. It's a home run. Let me tell you, 
a guy that he 540 song home run in the big league is telling you right now right here the very bone in the history of baseball have to be the most dangerous over anyone in the history of baseball batter that i have ever seen in my life his approach was i mean i talked to pitchers that face him with the really i talked to Gagne. yeah who in his best day he say on his own word it was impossible i mean you know that a guy that can go from 100 to 69 had the ability to get you out no matter what he say with barry it was difficult it seems like his timing was better than anybody I have seen. I remember Barry, one time we were playing in San Francisco. I always talk about this. At the time we have in the bullpen, Alan Embry. I don't know if you remember Alan Embry. Yeah, he was one of the few guys that used to throw a hundred back then. Right. And we brought him from the bullpen to face. We, we, we were playing, a, a, I think it was a three or four game series down in San Francisco. And the first day, like in the sixth or seventh inning, uh, the manager was uh, uh, he brought in uh, Alan Embry to face Barry, and Barry hit a fly ball that took three hours to come down. Next at bat, he walked, and when he got to first base, I I told him, "Damn man, you just missed that pitch, huh?" He's like, mm -mm, "I didn't miss it." I wasn't ready for it. But, Papi, <laughs> I'm going to see him again, and I'm going to be ready for it. Very next day, Booney, same situation. Here comes Alan Embry to face Barry, same pitch. He hit that ball so far, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I'm, this I'm, is I'm glad you were seeing exactly what I was seeing because people don't understand that weren't there watching him. When I tell people, you know, they wanted to, and there are so many great players today, but I said, you don't understand this. I said, Barry Bonds in his day, there is not a player I could find that could hit behind him because they're just going to walk him. Mm -hmm. they, I've never seen pitchers that scared of a hitter. I've never seen the whole thing. It got so bad that, my grandfather, who passed away about 20 years ago and played in the 40s and the 50s. Now, yeah, he played from 47 and he retired in 1959. And he is so proud of his generation. He played with Ted Williams his last year in Boston. And he would, boom, oh, he'd tell me, he goes, Brett, uh, Ted Williams, greatest hitter ever walked this earth. I mm -hmm. said, Gramps, I'll tell you what, this Barry Bonds guy, he's really good. The day before he died, Poppy, he said to me, he couldn't talk. And he was he was writing on it. They had a notepad for him and he and he he wrote a note. He said, Jake Peavy, he's got a chance to be a good player, Brett. And he said, Yes, you're correct. Barry Bonds is a better hitter than Ted Williams. And my grandpa said that, and I knew right then, David. <laughs> I said, That man's gonna die. He ain't coming back to live this down. <laughs> That's how good Barry Bonds was. The I'm fact that Ray Boone admitted it. I'm telling you, I don't care what anybody say. To me, 
Barry Bonds. I mean, you can have the best breaking ball, the best cutter, the best changer, the best fastball, the best slider. Don't this matter. guy got zero hole. Like, I, like, well, numbers don't lie. Look at his number: two hundred walks in a season. Who in the hell get that treatment? How about six hundred on base percentage? Six thirteen. No, it's no. stupid. It's like little no. league stuff. It's like little no. league stuff. You know, I mean, you know how it is. People are always, you know, say what they want to say or whatever. But as a baseball player, we yeah. know what it takes, you know, to be that good. Yeah. And not talking about, and I'm not just talking about good hitter. You talk about a guy that stole many bases and sprang in his early days. You know, I mean, Barry did it all, man. So to me, I don't think at that, at that level, I think it's just him. Yeah. Uh, 2003, you go to Boston. And I was there for that first playoff run. Your first year, you hit 31. You go 101. You end up you end up driving in. I've been and going over this, getting ready for this show. I went out and said, damn, he drove in 100. You drove in 110 times. This is this is the first year you did it, 2003. I remember that postseason because I was in the booth with Fox when, when my little brother hit that home run. That's off, right. You guys off, off Wake. And that was – that was a part of that. That's when the rivalry was at its best. And that's when Pedro was drilling people. Uh-huh. And I remember I said, I had to say on air, you know, you know, when you're a player, you you do the commentary. Now you're, you're with Fox now. Yeah. But when you're playing, it's a little bit different to be the it's commentator. Different. I remember I was in the booth 2003. We had won. My Mariner team had won 94 games and Fox was saying uh, they wanted me to come in the booth. And I'm like, ah, I really, you know, I disappointed. We didn't get to go to the postseason, but Aaron was playing for the Yankees. I said, all right, I'll go to New York. I'll get to watch my brother play. So I remember Pedro and that's what he, I forget who he drilled. But I'm sitting up in the booth and Buck and McCarver, they turn to me and they say, uh, well, Booney, did Pedro hit him on purpose? And I'm going, I got to face Pedro in like three months. I know he's down in the I know he's down in the locker room watching me what I'm going to say right now. Yeah, but I can't lie that much. I said, of course he hit him. <laughs> and they said, what do you mean? I said. Pedro Martinez doesn't miss that bad. Of course he hit him. And I came, right. I came up with Pedro. Me and Pedro came up together. We were at AAA. He was in Albuquerque. I was in Calgary in the PCL. So I've been playing against Pedro my whole life. That's right. The, nec- the next day, I walked through your clubhouse because I got to go meet with your skipper for the pregame. Uh-huh. And Pedro's in the back. He goes, hey, Booney, I didn't hit him on purpose. <laughs> and, I said, <laughs> I said, and now, all it's, David, all that's going through my mind is, son of a bitch, I got to face this guy like three or four months. I don't want to get drilled. So it was tough for me. Uh, I remember doing the, the thing, you know, Aaron hits the home run. One of the coolest moments as a brother that you could possibly that's have. Right. He was, that's right. Because he was having a rough postseason. I know, man. But ninety four, uh, that goes into 04, and this is the year when when finally Boston, and it, mo- one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen, you guys being down 03 uh, to the Yankees, and I'm talking about 04 now, and coming back and winning that. And I, to this day, they're like, what are the most impressive things you've seen in sports? I said, in 2004, when the Boston Red Sox were down 0-3 to the New York Yankees, 
at when that rivalry with that was at its height to come back and not only beat them and then go uh go sweep the cardinals and win the first world series get rid of the curse of the bambino all that stuff i said that's the most impressive thing i've ever seen on a baseball field take me through that 04 season and and when you're down 03 cuz you know the rest of us watching you guys were like there's no way you come back from that you just you just don't come back from it and the fact that you won the first game, you won the second game. Next thing you know, you you did something. You did the impossible. Take me through that 4 postseason, how unbelievable it was. No, man, you know that the Yankees have a – I mean, they got thunders. They, they, they basically have everything they need to win the whole thing that year. Matter of fact, that game three, the last game that we lost against, and it was like fireworks. Those guys were hitting me, so they scored like – I. I remember I think they they scored like 18 runs, some crazy stuff like that. And reality is that coming from behind, especially against the ball club that they have that year, was something that it was, I mean, yeah, I can tell you whatever now, but hey, that wasn't the that that wasn't what anyone expects, especially it never happened, especially in baseball. You know, coming back from from or in three, you know, and, 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 uh, but you know what? We had good chemistry going on in the ball club. We have good guys. We have guys with big heart. Um, we have a great manager, which he was, uh, Terry Francona at the time who always, uh, have our back. And to be honest with you, it was a different feeling after we won the second one, not the first one, the first one. Yeah. Everybody feels good, but once we won the second game, it was a different type of feeling, and our mojo went to a, a, a whole totally different level. I can tell you that. I mean, we were feeling really good about ourselves. Matter of fact, when we went to play game seven in New York, I remember I had this friend that he's part of the media named Carmona from the Dominican. He said, bro, before the game even begins, I tell you, I tell you what I see. I walk into the uh, Yankees clubhouse, and it looked like they were having a funeral right there, compared to your guys' clubhouse. You guys were looked like you guys were celebrating a, somebody's birthday, and I was like, "Well, momentum." They call that momentum, you know. When momentum take over, it's hard to stop. So, I, I basically learned from that zero three bouncing back that. You know, we faced a situation a couple of times where we had teams. Uh, uh, we uh, we were up like that year. We played against the, the San Luis Cardinal. We swept them, and then in two thousand and seven, when we won the the World Series again, it was against Colorado, and we swept them too. But I, I tell you what, once we get to the to the once we used to get to the third game and we were up, man, I'm telling you, I used to take that so personal because in the back of my head, always, I had that ghost chasing me about the Yankees series when we bounced back and beat them after being zero and three. You know what I'm saying? I always have dreams about that. I always have nightmares about that, about, Man, okay, we are three and all right now. We better finish these people up 
because I don't want to be facing the same situation that we faced against the Yankees that went under our favor. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it was pretty pretty much. I mean, I I I had never questioned anyone from the Yankees about what was their mentality when we got there. You know, you now you give me a talking point to ask Ara, but I yeah. had never had a conversation with him, but. I, I I would like to know what was going through their mind once we get to that point that we tie the series. Uh, it it makes perfect sense because you're on the other side going, what the hell we got to lose? You know, exactly. 72 hours ago, we were packing our bags ready to go home. It's just a matter mm -hmm. of when. Now, all of a sudden, we're on the verge of doing the impossible. And you did it. I, I remember just as a player at that time, watching you guys in the postseason, I said, this this is the most unbelievable. If they win tonight, this is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Because people that don't play the game, oh, it, it's an unbelievable comeback. But to be on that field, especially with a team as good as the Yankees, and to come back and do that, it just doesn't happen. That's and right. the fact that it happened, I, I, it, I remember watching it going, this is one, one of the most unbelievable things I've, I've ever seen. Absolutely. Uh, 05, 06, you had huge years. You lead the league in ribbies in, in 05, all-star, silver slugger. You, you hit 54 jacks in, in 06. 07, another great year. World Series champion for the second time. Uh, and then on 13, you get to win a third one. It's like, it's like you have a miracle life, Big Poppy. <laughs> you go from the Dominican and don't know where you're coming, getting released from the Minnesota Twins, and now all of a sudden you're on the verge of your third World Series with a completely different group of guys. I know that first one had to be pretty special because Boston had never won. All of a sudden you won. But I wouldn't assume they there's a bad World Series ring that you got in your collection. Compare the three and how different they were. Different, different different guys you were the constant in all three i think you're the only one after going through all this there were a couple guys that played in two of the world series got two rings but i think you were the constant to win all three in boston well i mean do it in the same place is very special you know especially you know the history behind the red sox remember 2004 we basically break the ice 86 years without winning a world series that was huge for the city. That was huge for the whole planet because it get to the point where people are cheering for you. People just want you to break that ice. You know what I'm saying? And once we did it, especially the way we did it, it was it was even more uh, of a thing than, than, than just winning a World Series. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things, a lot of history, a lot of people were, you know, uh, I heard I heard so many stories, you know, that once once that happened, I basically commit myself to to be a Red Sox for life because it was so many wonderful history behind and story that people uh, was sharing with us. And in 2007 was was something like, okay, we already jump in this wagon. Let's 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 keep the line moving. You know what I'm saying? We had the team. Uh, our front office was doing phenomenal job, hiding players, doing this, doing that. I remember the 2006 season where I break the home run record for the Red Sox. I remember having a conversation with the front office about what we need because we ended third or fourth, I think it was, in the division that year. 
Uh, uh, we need to go back in the old pages where we got people used to being in the playoffs in 2003 and they said, nah, I've been in the playoffs that year. That was that was a big thing. So the front office regrouped, put a team together. We won the World Series the following season, 2007. That was huge. I had a really good season that year. And uh, that, that, those are the things that really uh, uh, um, made me proud about my career. Every year that we win the World Series, I was coming in with a good season. You know, I was I was big part of what was cooking. And when we go to 2013, you know that bombing in Boston, that was something uh, unexpected. That was something that uh, uh, led in a scar on all of us because I'm already committed to that city. I was big part of that city. I, 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 I was the type of guy that I wasn't just a baseball player. I was dealing with a lot of things in the community, you know, and I was, I was very committed to it and going through it. Uh, I remember they hand me the microphone to say something to the fans. I was one of the guys that was there the longest and I, I, I speak my, I, I talk about what I feel at the moment and I never know that I was going to have the type of impact that, that everybody have on that message delivered by myself. But thanks God, everything went down that way and the city recovered from that horrible, uh, uh attack that we all suffer where a lot of people end up uh, being injured, some other end up losing their life, but it was it was something that we learned. And at the end of the season, we end up winning the World Series. That was something that it was like in a movie: bad guy take over at the beginning, but the good guy end up winning it all towards the end. So that city of boston man is 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 something that in my life in general have been a game changer i would i i wish i can give them more than what i already did because that city made me a better player a better person uh he just basically got me better at everything i used yep. to do what i do nowadays because it, it, it was the type of commitment that you don't know that you're going to walk into a commitment like that until you are in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that's what I try to tell the young player nowadays. You don't know who you are getting married to until 10 years later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's right. We'll find out soon enough. A lot of you us know what I'm saying? So uh, 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 I married to that city in the type of way that I can never let them down, even now that I'm retired. You know what I'm saying? Because they embraced me like that. And I don't even know that I, I was walking into that game, but I love it. And whatever I can do for that city or for any city in the United States, I will get it done because uh, as a being American citizen for a long time, that country had given my family and myself an opportunity. And I will always appreciate that, brother. Passion drive and patience 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know what's you know what's cool about that? A, a lot of us, you know, we grow up and we go different paths and we play in different cities. I, I recently had Louis Tiant on the show. That's right. And, and he sounded pretty similar to what you said when it came to him talking about Boston and what it meant to him, his family, and his life. And it was really kind of moving what he was saying to me. And he said, but he said similar things to what you it was beyond special to him, the city of Boston and how they took him in. And he, he, he told me all about it on the show, but you're saying similar things. It's a life appreciation, man. Sometimes we take things for granted. And that's when as a human, we made those type of mistake. You know, whatever show you low and embrace you and give you their best, you should give the, you should do the same thing. You know, and, and and that city I was I was lucky enough to be embraced by and being able to have the career that I have over there. Um after 2016, you finished your career, 286, 541, 1,748 ribbies, 10 All-Stars, led the league. There's too many accolades. There's too many of them. Uh, Hall of Fame career, you got inducted in, in 2022. The number 34 will never be worn by anybody else in Boston ever again. Uh, but I was looking at this. You're an All-Star your last year. 2016, I, I look at your numbers, and I said, shit, he led the league at ribbies. He hit 38 homers, hit 315, and he retired. Who retires <laughs> after that year? I did because I was hurting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's tough to walk away, man. You put up – I understand if, you know, you. I mean, those are kind of normal numbers in your heyday right there. But all of a sudden at the very end, I could see if you, you know, you drove in 72, you hit 18 homers, 267. Mm-hmm. Ah, big poppy, take it off into the – you know, take it off and retire. But you came off like a an MVP type year, and you just took it to the house. And the most important thing, I have one more year left in my contract. I have like another seventeen twenty million on my contract, but that's 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 what I call loyalty, man. That's I'm telling you what I just told you about Boston. I'm not just saying it. I'm that type of guy. You know, I know that my effort wasn't going to be the same following the the. Uh, the following season, and it's because I was wear out. Like that season, yeah. I got prepared for that season to give my best. But I, I, I know I wasn't gonna be able to do it again. So I know how much the fans expect from me on a daily basis. What he was the thing that got the best out of me. But I can never stop being loyal, loyal to those fans. You know why? Because that's how they know me. So I wasn't just gonna eat up a contract, playing one day, not playing another two. I can, I, I can 
once I jump on that wagon, I I can never do it like that. So if I'm not gonna be 100% in, I prefer not to play. And that was my case. I was having so many injury issues. The good thing it was that I I was a DH. I don't have to deal with the playing on the field thing. That's why I was able to hit. But still, I was I was suffering. I was going through through my Achilles every time I had to get on base. Because for my bad luck, as I got older, I got better when it comes down to the strike zone. I I I would stay away from, from not swinging a bad pitch, so I would walk more, I would get on base more, and, and that wasn't going to go under my favor because every time I get on base and I had to run, I would, you know, get sore, get hurt, pain would shows up. And that was one of the major reasons why I retired, but... My preparation, my my the way I used to look at things, the way I used to approach the game. I'm telling you, you never walk away from me. That's pretty awesome. Uh, MOB on Fox now. I get to see you check it. You guys look like you have a good time on that show. Every time I see you guys, I got to see you. I, I, it. It was funny. I I saw you walking. Uh, we caught up a little bit on the field at the All Star game. Uh, this year, but I saw you guys walking to to do your show, and it was like it was like the uh, uh, what's the name of the I, I don't know that movie. It was like here comes here comes Big Poppy and A Rod and Jeter going to the set. <laughs> I shook your hand on the way by, but it was fun. But you guys look like you have a good time doing that show. How's your new, How's your new partner? How's Jeter doing? Is he are, are you letting him in the mix? Oh man, I'm telling you, Jeter is great, man. Hey, I always respect uh, Jira, but now that we're spending time together, I even love him more because the guy is lovely, man. He's very respectful, very yeah. friendly. He's a guy who who you want him to do well because he's a, such a great human being. He's a family guy. He, he brings his wife and kids around. I mean, he's the Jira that everybody would love to see, you know, and... It's fun because I'm a trash talker. I, as you know, you have a philanthropy right there to my, uh, to my right, which is Aira. And then now I have DJ in the other side, which is like his personality. Uh, uh, he allow you to do things with him on a such a, in a such a funny way. I don't know if you saw when I hang in there. Uh, the Red Sox jerseys the other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the type of things that I like to do, you know. So our show doesn't get to be boring. People always want to watch our show because besides talking about the business and getting into the business the way it's supposed to be, we also have fun. And that's what life is all about. I mean, we had a great team over there. We had our producer, Bardia and Kepler, the guys behind the scene who help us out with everything. We also have uh, Kevin Bernhardt. I mean, the guy is absolutely the best. You know, Kevin always, you know, passing the ball around us. I mean, it'll get no better, man. I love that team. And we always on the search to do better, to do well, you know, help each other out with whatever, you know, Aira passed me information. Derek, now that he's new with us, same thing. I mean, it's the same thing that we do in baseball. When you had a good team running, whoever comes in, 
I just insult to continue winning. That's exactly how it goes down there. The the right and and a couple of things, and I'll let you go. Uh, the rivalry, the Boston Yankee rivalry, in in our time playing in that early two thousand, there was nothing like it. Uh, and I wasn't even a part of it, but I was just a player that played mm-hmm. against you guys all year. But we'd all, as players, the players that didn't play for the Yankees in Boston, we'd watch that game on Sunday Night Baseball. Because it was that electric. It was That's it right. was a cool time to be a Yankee. It was a cool time to be a Red Sox. That's right. And I could only imagine it had to be so much fun. Because people ask me about the Yankees all the time. Because I had a couple of heartbreak postseasons in the in Yankee Stadium where they where they got us. They got my Braves, they got my Mariners. So I have some some tough feelings going to Yankee Stadium. But I always tell the the, the fans that ask, I said, you know. Because I always say right out, I hate Yankees. I hate the Yankees. You know, my brother's a manager there now. That's right. You like the Yankees? I said, I'm forced to like them now because because I got to pull for Aaron. You've got family now there. Right. But in reality, I respected the hell out of those teams and and the men that that did what they did in New York. Uh, Didn't mean I liked going in there and getting whooped, but I definitely had a respect level for them. You were right in the heat of it with Boston. How cool was it, and did it change after 04 when you finally won that first World Series? Well, everybody, it's not a secret for anyone that the Yankees is a team that have uh, uh, the biggest history uh, throughout the whole, you know, baseball. And the Yankees always, uh, since I remember, used to be the team that have the money to hire the best player so they can just go out there and whoop everybody. So being said, every time you're going to go and play against the Yankees, you know that you got to bring your Superman cap on uh, so you can survive in that jungle. Because just just walking into Yankee Stadium, I remember on my Minnesota days, it was a little scary because you playing basically against the best scene on earth. So once I got to Boston, Things change a little. Now I can see you. Now I have to play against you more often. Now I get to know you more often. Now I face you more often. So now I got to make up my mind. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I always tell people this. The reason why I respect the Yankees so much is because they got the best out of me. Whoever and however get the best out of me, I always have mad respect for it. And that's what they did. They challenged me. They got the best out of me. They had the best players playing for them, more likely every year. So you know that to compete against the best, you got to get ready. And that's what the rival, that's why I used to love the rival, because it was no other way to look at it. You get ready because you're going to fight against King Kong. And you know that King Kong ain't playing. And once you beat King Kong, you can basically look at yourself like, a, you know, that, King, one of those guys. Right. And King Kong, King Kong knows you beat him. That's right. Um, you know, it's, it's different right now. I mean, back then it was Yankees, Boston. Who's going to win? Who's going to go to the postseason? Who's going to win? You know, have a chance to win the World Series. That division's kind of changing right now. We got Baltimore out of nowhere. 
at the top of the division. Tampa Bay's become tough, man. They have been dominating that division for a while. Year after year after year. Toronto's <laughs> good. It's an ex, it's an exciting offense to watch. They could pitch a little bit too now with Gosman at the top of that rotation. For the first time, and I think a lot of years, Yankees, Boston, they've been trading spots, fourth and fifth in the division. Now it's it's the way it's set up and the way the postseason is set up, mathematically, you could have four teams come out of the East. You can't mm-hmm. have five, but you can have four. That's right. I keep my eye on it, obviously, for, for Aaron's reasons. And and I pull for my brother in a way. I still got to be honest, though, as an analyst, when I say, what kind of team are you dealing with? When you look at these two teams, Boston and New York, this year, do you see any, any one of them able to grab a, a wild card? Because the division's pretty much done at this point. Well, <clears throat> when you think about what Tampa is doing and Baltimore coming out of nowhere, that says a lot about that division. But if you look at the records, yeah, the they're record all over 500. Right, right. The, the record is not bad. That tells you that the division is tough. It had got tougher. You know what I'm saying? And the other teams had got better. Because the thing is, the problem that the Red Sox and, and the Yankees have is they have no room for revenue. They have no room to spend money because right. they already have guys that they are paying big money. Some of them are injured. Some others are not having a good season. What can you do about it? Either trade, if you can trade them, otherwise you have to eat their salary. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they are in the tough spot. I mean, look at the trading line just happened, and it wasn't big, big move. And and neither of the team, you know what I'm saying? So that's those are the things that people need to understand. This big market team, when they commit themselves with players, they don't have much room to be doing trade because if I have a guy that I'm paying thirty million to it, and he's not having a good season, it's hard for me to trade him, to trade him because. And the other team know that they're going to have to be part of the salary and they're probably not going to get what they expect from the guy. You know what I'm saying? And I said right now, to be honest with you, the, the way you have you have Tampa and Baltimore giving everybody a hard time, and then you have the Blue Jay that whenever you get wear out from the other two teams, they come and finish you up. So right. they are in a tough spot right now. I, I look at it this way. I, you, you look at it, I think, in the, in the West, Texas and Houston are going to go to the postseason. Then you got Seattle in third place. They got some good young pitchers. Not They're so be fast, back. my friend. Not so fast. What you are you thinking? a move that you need to pay attention to. It. Okay, go ahead. That Berlander going back to Houston. Right. Mm, that. It's going to be dangerous. In a positive way for the Astros. Exactly. In a positive yeah, way. It's, it's, right. It's like, it's like the big brother coming home. Coming home. He's he like, knows how he, to handle he, the he, business he, over there. Right. He I agree is with good you. to go. Look out. I agree with that because it's like, okay, I look at the West and I go, the Rangers are going to go to the postseason. The Astros are going to go to the postseason. There's going to be one team come out of the Central. It's either going to be the Twins or the Indians. Then you got a chance for you. There's three more spots, and they're either going to come from 
Toronto. You, you got four teams, basically. I look, you got Toronto, you got Boston, you got the Yankees, and you got the Seattle Mariners for one spot. Who's it going to be out of those four? Well, i tell you what. During the playoff, to me, playoff experience is huge. Yep. And out of all the teams, the one that have playoff experience is Houston. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be tough. We'll see how to play out. Texas is playing really well. I told uh uh I have a I have a good conversation during the the All-Star game up in Seattle where uh, my boy the shortstop um Seeger Seeger I was talking to Seeger and I told him man what is the secret about you guys? And I talked to Ubaldi also. You remember? Right. Ubaldi's Ubaldi. having a big year. Yeah. And Ubaldi basically told me, Papi, we got good chemistry right here. You know, most important thing, all the big boys are staying healthy, which is huge. But the good chemistry that they had going on there is what you, it's, it's basically what, what is cooking everything. I mean... You have a monster like Garcia that's in the field. Ooh. That he, came guy, out of, he came out of nowhere. Bro, listen, for the he past couple of years, Woo. I've been watching that guy. That guy is the player that not many people mention. He's a freaking beast. He's a freak out there. He is. He ain't playing. And then you got Seager, and you got your, my man at second base doing the damn thing. They are surrounded. They had the court. But they also had the younger players that had been surrounded by the court that they are getting the memo and they are getting things done properly. So I think this is if 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 I think they have a pretty good chance, to be honest with you. They have a pretty good chance. Last question. You watching all the games a day. Do you see a young big poppy? Do you see anybody out there in the game that says that he reminds me of me as a young player? Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say uh, my man from Houston. Uh, Alvarez. Alvarez. Alvarez reminds me a lot of myself. That's a, good, that's a good call. Yeah, Alvarez. And Rafael Dever, he, he's a freak. He's a freak. I'm telling you, he. He can hit. Boy. He, he, when he go out there, he got no hard feeling for no pitchers, so. He, when I see it, I'm like, huh, the guy, man, he, he got it going on. He got it. There's, there's a few guys over there. I talk a lot with uh, uh, Vladimir Jr. That's one of my kids. Uh, he called my uncle David. I talk to him a lot because he's a monster too. Like the talent in baseball nowadays is unbelievable. Very really athletic. Oh, uh, man. Uh, but it's a lot of guys out there that, that consistently they are doing the damn thing. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Well, David Ortiz, this has been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you coming on the Boom Podcast, and uh, this is a good one. David Ortiz, one of the best to ever do it, and I mean that, one of the best to ever do it. And all the years of getting beat by you and watching you, uh, a lot of fun as a baseball fan. But, Poppy, hey. thanks for everything. And for those out there, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much, brother. Take care. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 